Roger Stone is here. And Roger has been on my show a couple of times. And it's always a joy to have him on. Roger Stone is a political consultant and advisor for many presidents. Recently, he was sentenced to 40 months in prison during the Mueller, uh, Mueller Russia investigation of the great white hope, Donald Trump. And uh, as you know, the president commuted his sentences. And I wanted to talk to Roger about that. Roger, welcome to the show. Happy White History Month. Jesse Lee, great to be back with you. Thank you, man. Did you know that this is our, I started celebrating white history in July? Every, and this is our third year of celebrating white history? I was unaware of that. But, <laughs> um, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be with you because any, being anywhere today other than a dank uh, COVID-19 infested prison uh, beats the alternative. Um, amazingly, Contrary to uh, the current policies of the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Prisons, contrary to the precedent set in every federal court circuit in the United States, uh, where uh, those who were convicted of nonviolent crimes were moved from incarceration to home confinement, contrary to the conditions in the prison in Georgia they wanted to send me, and contrary to my own age and health, um, I would have been uh, I would have been incarcerated last Tuesday, but for an extraordinarily courageous act of both mercy uh, and humanitarian spirit by President Donald Trump. So I thank God, firstly, because I prayed fervently for justice in this matter. Yeah, I thank the president for having the courage to ignore his timid advisors, uh, the same people who uh, give him bad advice on dozens of other topics uh, for having the courage to literally save my life. You see, they don't want my appeal to ever be heard in court. My appeal will take a year and probably cost me a million dollars, but it will expose the epic corruption, not only of my trial, but of the entire Mueller witch hunt. And that they cannot afford. So they were kind of hoping that I would die in prison. And now, thank God, that will not be the case. Well, congratulations, man. I was praying for you. And I knew this attack upon you was because of your support for the president. I think most people knew that, even if they didn't say it. So congratulations. So explain to me, uh, the president commuted your sentence. Does that mean that you cannot go to jail now? Well, it means that I uh, will not um, be sentenced uh, to prison for the offenses for which I'm convicted. However, this allows me to appeal that conviction. Whereas a pardon, uh, if you're pardoned, you are accepting guilt and there's no ongoing legal action on your part. So uh, the commutation allows me to avoid the danger of imprisonment. In many cases, the court will, uh, will grant a, a bond that allows you to remain at liberty while your appeal is pending. But in this case, there was very little chance that the judge would be willing to do that because the need to kill me was too great. And yeah. therefore... The only way I could avoid the dangers of incarceration while still continuing to fight to clear my name was a commutation. So I'm perfectly happy with the president's action. I'm I'm grateful for it, as uh, is my family, quite obviously. And I will we fight all on are. to clear my name. I will fight on. That's because right. there was no Russian collusion because I did nothing wrong. But after two years of leaks, people believed that I would be charged with treason with espionage, conspiracy against the United States, all kinds of financial and cyber crimes to assist the Trump campaign, dealing with the Russian state. It was all BS. Yeah. And in the end, they, they pasted together a highly uh, convoluted and fabricated uh, 
series of charges surrounding my voluntary testimony to the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, and it's, Jesse, it's kind of funny that that uh, first the prosecutors uh, basically defrauded a bunch of federal judges by claiming that they had evidence of all those serious crimes, 18 of them, no evidence of which was ever found. Then I believe they shared the fruits of their surveillance of my emails and text messages with Adam Schiff. Then Schiff crafted a bunch of gotcha questions, none of which were really material, none of which hid any underlying crime, certainly none of which hid any Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration. Uh, and then uh, I obviously tripped over those questions, even though they were innocuous. Then Schiff provided Mueller's dirty cops uh, in a violation of House rules and the law with the classified copy of my testimony. So the whole thing is a, basically a, a setup. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And they didn't even open the investigation into me until October of 17 three months after they knew there was no Russian collusion. Amazing. Proving yet again, this was just a political witch hunt. Amazing. This this woman, uh, Tamika Hart, uh, yes. she was the foreperson for the jury that convicted you. On her social media, it was revealed that she was an anti-Trump, anti-Trump, and even posted about your case before they voted to convict you. Can she be punished for that? Well, she should be. I mean, the point, of course, is that in 2019, she was posting on both Facebook and Twitter, attacking me personally several times. Put the president aside. The judge had already ruled that opposition to the president could not be used to uh, eliminate someone as a juror, which is why I got a jury that was 100 percent Democrats, 100 percent Trump haters, not a single military veteran, not a single African-American male, not a single union member not a single blue collar worker, not a single person with below a college education, but three lawyers, most jurors had post-college educations. Uh, they may have been diverse, but they were not uh, uh, ethnically, but they were not politically diverse in the slightest. Amazing. So, uh, but in this case, uh, Tamika Hart, who was the, uh, the jury forewoman, who outed herself on CNN, that's how we know her name, uh, because she came to the defense of the four prosecutors in my case, who try to pass as non-political career line prosecutors, which they are not. They're all highly partisans who work for either Clinton or Obama. Uh, she came, she, it was revealed, had been posting throughout 2019, attacking me starting on the day I was arrested. In one occasion, she even uh, uh, posted uh, a, a link to a story about my case. Yet when we moved post-trial to put aside the verdict and get a new trial, because the U.S. Supreme Court guarantees every defendant a, quote, indifferent and impartial jury, close quote, uh, the judge denied that motion, which shocked every lawyer I know. Uh, and therefore, the judge insisted on going ahead. And she actually sentenced me prior to considering my motion to set aside the verdict, which is putting the cart before the horse, to say the least. That's amazing. Uh, but the, no, she, as Judge Napolitano has said, Tamika Hart is the one who should be prosecuted. She not only lied uh, on the stand, uh, but I think she lied in the hearing uh, after the trial. Uh, she lied during jury selection. Uh, I can't speak about her jury questionnaire because it's still sealed, but in the public section of jury uh, uh, selection, she clearly misled the court about her knowledge of me and her knowledge of the case. She ran for Congress as a Democrat in Tennessee. She's an attorney uh, and she's a protege of Donna Brazil's. 
how how uh, it, how impartial does that sound to you? I know <laughs> it's amazing, man. That is pure evil. I um uh, I, I admire you for going through what you've gone through with the government. And yet you're willing to deal with the government. After all you've gone through, you're still willing to stand up for what is right. God bless you for that, man. Well, you know, I could have taken the easy way out, Jesse Lee. Uh, on March 14th, 2019, one of the prosecutors, an assistant U.S. attorney, approached one of my lawyers for a private meeting. They met privately uh, and they proposed that I, quote unquote, cooperate with the investigation into the president and that I come clean, they said. It's time for me to confess uh, regarding multiple phone conversations between myself and candidate Trump in 2016. In other words, they wanted me to lie. They wanted me to bear false witness against the president. Amazing. Now the media twists that immediately. They're saying Stone bragged about the fact that he had the goods on Trump and he maintained his silence in return for clemency. That's not what I said. I never said that. I never implied that. I never intimated that. What I said was the exact opposite, that I would not lie to bring down the president because Mueller was getting very close to the publication of his final report and they had nothing. It was a nothing burger, particularly yeah. on the Russia side. So they wanted me to be the ham in their ham sandwich and I declined. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that if I had I been willing to lie, they would have used this as an article of impeachment against the president yeah. I love so much. So I, I, I had no choice. I knew I was looking at serious jail time in a in a lynching in a dc courtroom in which the judge essentially disallowed every powerful line of defense uh in which the jury was stacked with haters in which the jury forewoman was corrupt and was working against me uh I, I knew that there was no way to win my friend tucker carlson put it best he said roger stone's trial was over before it started yeah and that is the truth yeah it is the truth. Honesty, i now know how african-americans have felt in this country because I just got lynched. I know exactly how it feels <laughs> to have the whole system rigged against you. Amazing. Uh, you have worked with several uh, presidents, Ronald Reagan, Nixon, Bush, and now the great white hope, Donald Trump. Um, who has any other president received more hatred uh, as this president have received, to your knowledge? I've never seen anything quite like this. Look, I think Donald Trump is the hope for all Americans, regardless yes. of color. Yeah, uh, because a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, and I, I particularly uh, I've always been a strong opponent of the war on drugs. It was Nixon's biggest single mistake. But as you know, it was turbocharged by Bill Clinton and Joe Biden. Biden is chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee and Clinton as president. They're the guys who come up with the strict mandatory sentences for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs. Yeah. This has disproportionately hurt black people and poor people uh, more than anyone else. Literally, we've incarcerated millions of people who are not violent criminals, destroying families, destroying lives. And Donald Trump is the only president who has addressed this in his second chance act. That way, people who are trapped in the bowels of our penal system for these ridiculously long sentences who are not violent criminals, who, who need rehabilitation, uh, not incarceration, get a second chance at life. I think this is among the president's greatest accomplishments. I want him to talk about it more. Uh, we had record levels of African-American and Hispanic uh, and Asian and, uh, and uh, women uh, employment in this country before we had, were forced to destroy our own economy to protect the public health. But my question is an obvious one. The economy's a wreck today. 
Who better to revive the economy? A man who's already proven that he knows exactly how to do it. He just did it. Yeah. Or a man whose prescription is poison. Higher taxes, more regulation, big international trade deals that suck the jobs out of America. Yeah. The choice is clear to me. Absolutely clear to Same me. Same here, man. That's amazing. You're absolutely right. A friend of mine knew I would be talking to you today. He wanted me to ask you who was more corrupt, Nixon or Clinton? Oh, it's not even close. I mean, Nixon would be spinning in his grave. Let's look at the comparison between Watergate and Obamagate, if we may. Uh, there was never any evidence whatsoever that Nixon knew about or approved the Watergate break-in in advance. Indeed, when you're leading in the polls in 49 states and you're headed for a landslide, what would be the purpose? Nixon also was uh, savvy enough, having been on the ticket six times, to realize that there was nothing of value inside the Democratic National Com Committee to know. The action is always at the presidential candidate's uh, uh, headquarters. So they were never able to prove that Nixon himself would approve this lame brain plan. Uh, where in the case of Obamagate, Barack Obama and Joe Biden used the full legal authority of the United States government uh, and the uh, incredible surveillance capability of our intelligence agencies to spy on the Republican candidate for president, to defraud the FISA courts. Uh, they used fabricated information that they knew came from Russian intelligence to justify an illegal coup to take down the president. And then they did it again yeah. with Ukraine, which is just as fraudulent. So that's an abuse of power. In, the, in, in Watergate, private citizens who were deranged, frankly, uh, broke into the Watergate. We now know in retrospect that at least four of them were still on the payroll of the CIA uh, and had probably already set up the burglars to be arrested. So in terms of, com uh, of, uh, of corruption, um, we're not even close. The other difference, of course, Jesse Lee, is that uh, no matter what you think of them, let's take a look at Nixon's accomplishments. First of all, he ended the war in Vietnam. He desegregated the public schools. When he became president, almost 80 percent of the public schools were still segregated. They became desegregated, not under LBJ, not under JFK, but under Richard Nixon, without any bloodshed. Uh, he gave us affirmative action, which I am one of the few conservatives who still supports strongly, because it does redress uh, past injustices. Uh, he, he ended the military draft. He reached a strategic arms limitation agreement with the Soviets. He opened the door to China, but he's, he'd be spitting in his grave if he saw how that has been abused. Yeah. As future presidents handed the Chinese all of these advantages, particularly the Bushes and the Clintons. Uh, he launched the war on cancer. Uh, he gave us federal revenue sharing. He unilaterally saved the state of Israel from annihilation in the 1973 Yom Kippur War. I can go on and on, but there's a record of peace and progress there that Bill Clinton cannot match. Amazing. I had I wasn't as into politics back then, but I was getting my hair cut by an older black man and I asked him about Nixon, and he's like, Jesse, don't believe anything, all this bad stuff, these people lying on Nixon. Nixon is a great president. And that's what gave me a different perspective of Richard Nixon, well, uh, the when a black man saw him that way. The, the first significant piece of civil rights legislation passed in 1958, uh, but all the Southern Democrats, of course, were opposed to it, including Lyndon Johnson. Who is it who goes around and rounds up enough Republicans to pass the bill but Vice President Richard Nixon? For yeah. which he gets a warm letter from Dr. King, who, who recognized that Nixon had a near-perfect civil rights record, 
uh, and that it was Southern Democrats, including the very wily Lyndon Johnson, who sought to, uh, uh, you know, the entire Southern bloc, which, which provided nothing other than what they called massive resistance to uh, integration and to civil rights progress. So yeah. uh, that is absolutely right. Most people don't recognize that even in the race against John F. Kennedy, who had wisely embraced Dr. King and his wife after King's arrest, where Nixon being a lawyer did not want to intervene in the case, a strategic mistake, Nixon still got a third of the votes of African-Americans. Uh, which is an amazing statistic most people do not know. Amazing. You, um, did you know the uh, head of Ronald Reagan's foundation, uh, the CEO of the Washington Post, a guy by the name of Joseph Ryan, and uh, he is now asking Trump campaign to stop using Reagan's image. Are you aware of that? I read about that. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. First of all, I don't know that a, an American president, a public figure like that, is not like a movie star. It's not like using Elvis's image or Gary Cooper's image or Marilyn Monroe's image to make money. Uh, Ronald Reagan is very much in the public domain. I would like to say he was the greatest president in my lifetime, but that's very tough because I was born under Eisenhower, who is much greater than people think. Yeah. Very understated, but... We had unprecedented peace and prosperity under Ike, under Nixon, whose accomplishments I just outlined, under Reagan, who brought us uh, respect around the world, rebuilt our economy, rebuilt our military strength, and now under Donald Trump. So it's very hard for me to say who is the greatest president of my lifetime. Trump is certainly in the running there. He's amazing. And he's not finished finished yet. Yeah. So uh, I don't that makes no sense to me because Trump is very much in the mold of reagan like reagan who i worked for through three elections 76 80 and 84 trump is a big picture man just like reagan he understands the broad principles of low taxes less regulation military strength as a deterrent and so on uh but he's not a detail guy he leaves the details to the people below him yeah uh he has that same charisma you know they're both tall broad-shouldered charismatic figures who are inspiring which in the television age, which we're still in, is vitally important. So in many ways, I think Reagan and Trump are alike. And I don't think it is an unfair to use Reagan's imagery uh, in the reelection campaign of a Republican president. Uh, I would also suggest to you, and this is almost bizarre, that when I was arrested, and I'm sure you saw it on CNN. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Heavily armed FBI agents stormed my home at 6 a.m., The Nixon Foundation, uh, which is staffed by people who never knew Richard Nixon, put out a statement that said Stone and Nixon were never close, which caused (laughs) me to release 100 letters, 100 photographs, uh, uh, and uh, many passages from books by others like Monica Crowley and Pat Buchanan and others. I never said that I was close to Nixon in his presidential days. I was 19 years old when I joined the Nixon campaign staff. Uh, my relation with with him really began in his post-presidential years uh, when he lived in New York and later in New Jersey, where I did quite a bit of work for him, uh, vetting invitations and, and delivering messages and collecting political intelligence from Republican leaders. He had a voracious appetite for political gossip and political information. He was a political man. Yeah. But to try to say that we didn't know each other is just contradicted by the public record. Uh, I'm not sure the point of that, uh, but it's the same kind of thing we're talking about here. I loved Reagan. 
I love Nixon, and God knows I love Donald Trump. And so do I. I, I uh, Joseph Bryan seemed to be a never-Trumper. That's the impression I get from this statement. I don't think he's for Trump. Well, there's a, you know, there's a very small group in the party uh, that, it, that it takes that position. But I must tell you, having looked at a lot of polling data over the years, I remember when Reagan's approval rating among Republican voters was, you know, in the high 80s. And we thought that was amazing, just amazing. I've seen Trump's approval rating among Republicans in the low 90s, 91, 92. In 40 years of working in politics, I've never seen anything like that. The president's yeah. right when he says the party is more united than ever before at the grassroots level. Now, there are a, there are a handful of establishment Republicans who might as well be Democrats, yeah. the rhinos, as we call them, yeah. the, the neocons, the Bush Republicans. It, it's interesting to me because I was a staff assistant to Senator Bob Dole, who I think is one of the greatest Americans who ever lived. A patriot, uh, a, a man who never got his due, really got the presidential nomination at a time that his time had passed, still ran a valiant campaign, carried more states and got more votes than George H.W. Bush got as an incumbent in 1996. Most folks don't know this. But in the last election, Bob Dole, 92 years old, is being wheeled around Kansas and Missouri in a wheelchair, making speeches for Donald Trump. And the Bushes are up in Kennebunkport. They all endorsed Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So who, who are the heroes? Who are the patriots? Bob Dole is a very great man. And uh, even with his in his uh, declining years, came to the aid of the Republican ticket. Amazing. Uh, that is a that is a mark of courage. That is, Roger. Give me a uh, the uh, uh, image of what the night that the morning that the agents raided your home. You were you in bed? What were you? What what crossed your mind? What happened when they walked into when they came into your place? Went into your place? Well, uh, unfortunately, the folks at CNN are kind of clumsy, so I had a pretty good idea that they were coming. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a reporter for CNN called me late on Thursday, the 24th, and asked for my address because she said she wanted to mail me something. <laughs> that made me very suspicious. But then when I went online, I understood it because uh, you could get my address, but there were two addresses because I had moved not that, early, not that long before the time that the FBI raided my home. So I said to my wife, they're coming tomorrow morning to arrest me. And she said, you've been saying that for a year. And I said, well, it's because they've been leaking that for a year. But tomorrow morning, I think they are really coming, uh, which is odd because normally you would simply contact my attorney uh, and I would turn myself in, as they did with uh, Michael Avenatti, as right. they did with Jeffrey Epstein. But no, um, uh, I got up at 5 a.m. Uh, I took a shower. I put on my Roger Stone did nothing wrong T-shirt, which you can buy at fightback.store, by the way. <laughs> Uh, the Smithsonian is going to be fighting for him soon, so you better get yours now. Uh, and, <laughs> I love uh, it. I waited in an upstairs uh, a bathroom window where you could see the entire front yard. Uh, Fourteen minutes before the FBI showed up, a truck showed up and set up the CNN camera. So uh, that is the shortest journalistic stakeout in history. Amazing. Clearly, they had advance notice. I'll tell you why I know it for certain in a minute. Uh, but shortly thereafter, 17 armored vehicles showed up. I could hear a helicopter overhead. I didn't know it until later, but there were two amphibious units pulled up to the dock uh, behind my house because I lived on a canal. Uh, they the 29 agents were completely outfitted in SWAT gear. They had on night goggles. They were carrying uh, long rifles, assault weapons, I believe. Uh, and uh, they pounded on the door. 
They brought a big battering ram up to the door as if they were going to have to break it in, which was ridiculous. They pounded on the door. I, I opened the door, and I was looking down the barrel with two rifles. Wow. And they said, uh, are you Roger Stone? I said, yes. They said, please step outside, put your hands behind your back. We have a warrant for your arrest, and we have a warrant to search these premises. I said, um, sure. Um, I'd like to know the charges against me. I'd like to speak to my lawyer. And they said, well, we'll get to that. Um, then they said, who else is in the house? I said, my wife. Uh, they said, where is she? I said, in the upstairs bedroom. Um, I didn't think to mention, but I should have, that my wife is hearing impaired. Mm. She's virtually deaf without a hearing aids. She's about, at about 20% with her hearing aids. And she had slept through this entire commotion. She didn't hear any of it. Uh, and then it dawned on me that if they burst into the room and they shouted an order at her, she wouldn't understand it or know what was going on. Right. And I was really worried for a second that they'd shoot her by mistake. Uh, fortunately, they woke her up, but she didn't know if it was a home invasion. She had no idea what was going on. Um, they marched me in handcuffs out in the middle of the street, my bare feet, wearing my T-shirt and cut off um, workout shorts. They marched my wife out in the middle of the street in her nightgown and her bare feet to humiliate her for the CNN cameras. Uh, the whole thing was, uh, was over the top. It was Gestapo style. It's interesting that some of the agents, most of the agents were Miami-based, but the team leaders were working for Robert Mueller. And every once in a while, one of the Miami-based agents would look at me and roll their eyes or look at me and wink. They knew they were being used and yeah. they didn't like it. This was all political theater. I mean, I was charged with the first time nonviolent crime, uh, 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 a white-collar process crime. I have no previous criminal record. The idea that they had to arrest me this way because I was a flight risk, well, they know I had didn't have a valid passport. They knew I didn't own a gun, although I support the Second Amendment. My face is very recognizable, thanks to CNN. <laughs> and three hours later, when I was arraigned, they didn't ask for a cash bond for my release, proving that they never believed that I was a flight risk. This, and to this day, we still don't know who approved this raid. We don't know how how far up the line did this go? Did the head of the FBI approve this? Did the uh, Attorney General of the United States approve this? Did Rod Rosenstein, who approved this? Uh, the FBI director, uh, uh, Mr. Ray, refuses to turn over any records uh, to uh, Judicial Watch, which has now sued for them, yeah. uh, emails between CNN uh, and uh, the FBI. We still don't know who wasted the taxpayers' money, but we do know what it costs, Jesse. $1.1 million for the raid on my home. That's amazing. Because the government was shut down at this time, so every one of those agents was on time and a half, plus the helicopter, plus the vehicles. Uh, it was quite a show, I must say. That's amazing that a man like you would have to go through something like that in your own country, especially after spending so many years standing up for the country, fighting for the country, that they would put you through something like that. How's your wife doing now that she's gone through all of this? How's she doing? Well, I mean, my wife is a Cuban-American, and she's very, very tough. Um, you know, her family was uh, displaced from Cuba by the communist regime of Fidel Castro. So she understands what oppression looks like. Um, she has stood by me through this whole thing. When I told her that I was going to plead not guilty, she said, you know, honey, I read that 99% of those people who go to trial and fight are found guilty. And I said, well, uh, I'm just not going to plead to something I didn't do. And I'm yeah. certainly not going to lie about the president. So we have no choice but to fight. Uh, and they destroyed us financially. I mean, understand, I lost my home. I lost my car. I lost my savings. I lost most of my insurance. 
I lost my ability to make a living because the judge put a gag on me. Now, this is kind of amazing. Michael Cohen uh, is convicted of various financial crimes. Uh, at the very time that I am trying to get exempted from prison and put into home confinement because of coronavirus, he's released from prison. Yeah. Uh, but he breaks the conditions of his probation, which I was under probation. I very strictly followed the rules. He gets caught out at some fancy restaurant. But rather than throw him back in prison, the courts rule that he can remain at liberty because uh, this is an attempt to uh, bridge his First Amendment free speech rights because of his plans to publish a book. Amazing. Well, I wish that judge would talk to the judge in my case because I was uh, I was banned from speaking on any topic whatsoever on social media and very limited in what I could discuss in public, uh, which really cost me the ability to to sustain a living and support my family. Uh, and that gag order was actually kept in place even after I was convicted, was only lifted at the time that the judge rendered a decision not to vacate the verdict in my trial based on egregious juror misconduct. So uh, it's becoming clearer and clearer, Jesse Lee, that we have a two-tier justice system. The same yeah. week that I was convicted was the week that the prosecutor in my case announced publicly that Andrew McCabe would not be prosecuted. That's amazing. Well, that judge, uh, Amy Berman Jackson, is that the judge you're talking about? That is. That was the judge in my case, yes. Why don't the president get rid of all of Obama's appointees left over? Because they are, they are like, they hate him. They're never going to uh, do what's right. Why can't he arrest these people, get rid of them? That's what the public want to know. Well, I mean, first of all, you can't just uh, remove uh, or arrest a federal judge. But there is a process for impeachment of federal judges. It's in the Constitution. Yeah. It's, it's happened in the past. It could happen in the future. But the real question is why at the department level, it, particularly in the Department of Justice, we have, uh, in essence, by appointing an attorney general, we have left the dirty diapers on the baby and changed the pins. Yeah. Below, below the cabinet office in all of these departments, you have uh, Obama holdovers. Uh, you have a legion of Trump haters. I mean, the, the prosecutor, the number two prosecutor in my case, Aaron Zelinsky, uh, went over to the Mueller investigation from the Clinton State Department, in essence, uh, and then uh, poses as non-political, then goes back to his job as an assistant U.S. attorney in Baltimore working for the Trump Justice Department. After viciously attacking the president, both in my trial uh, and in his phony testimony of the House Judiciary Committee, where he intimates that he had pressure uh, regarding my sentencing, but he can't name who the person is who pressured him because there was none. I mean, it's a, it's, it was an extraordinary performance. It was a great blend of perjury, hearsay and BS. Uh, but <laughs> why is he still working for the Trump administration? Why has this guy been fired? Yeah. Uh, he's going to get prosecuted uh, for misconduct at a minimum in the Papadopoulos matter. I think there's also substantial evidence of misconduct in my uh, prosecution. Uh, I don't understand why these people go back to a safe haven of the Trump Justice Department. But you're absolutely right. The, if there was a mistake, it was not doing as every previous president, regardless of party, has done, which is to clean house and yeah. appoint your own people. Yes. Obama did it. Clinton did it. Reagan did it. Nixon did it. Eisenhower did it. Every president we've ever had did it. It, it is perfectly legal. What, what you have here is even worse. There's an effort to uh, get the president to fire the ambassador to Ukraine. And all the mainstream media people say, oh, my God, they wanted to fire the ambassador. 
that's the president's absolute prerogative. Yeah. If he has somebody who's an ambassador who's badmouthing him on the diplomatic circuit uh, and who is thwarting his policies, he has the absolute right to replace that person. The question is, why weren't they replaced earlier? Who advised the president to keep all these people in place? Yeah, I was going to ask you, do we know why the president didn't clean house and bring in new people? Do you know why he didn't do that? I don't know, other than to speculate that Donald Trump uh, is a is a businessman. Uh, and while he turned out to be an extraordinarily effective campaigner, um, he did not come into the presidency like, say, Lyndon Johnson or Richard Nixon, who had been vice president and senator and before that congressman. And therefore, he didn't have the intimate knowledge of the workings of the uh, of the government. He didn't understand the extent of his power. He didn't understand the traditions. He never claimed to be a politician. That's why we elected him. Yeah. We elected him because he isn't a politician. Yeah. We elected him because he's authentic. He's genuine. He's not a phony. Uh, but I'm not sure anybody ever advised him how this has worked traditionally in the past. Amazing. Uh, also, the president, it's, this is not unreasonable. He expected the country to do what it has always done, which is to, uh, even on the part of us who didn't agree, to grudgingly unite behind the winner. I was not happy... Uh, with the election of Barack Obama, but Me I wasn't either. calling for his ouster. I thought the Republicans were stupid to try to impeach Bill Clinton. Uh, I said so at the time. I still believe it. There were crimes for which he should have been impeached, like selling military secrets to the Red Chinese in return for illegal campaign contributions, but not consensual sex in the Oval Office with an intern, which, while it may be distasteful, was not a grounds for impeachment, Amazing. personal conduct. So, uh, but in this case, the president thought the country would unite around him. Um, Obama was nice to his face at the same time he was plotting behind his back to remove him. Uh, it's not an unreasonable expectation uh, that the Democrats would give you a honeymoon uh, and then try to beat you in the next election. That's the American tradition. Right. Instead, we now know the impeachment stuff was launched as the minute he was elected. Amazing. Roger, we ran out of time, but I have two quick questions. Number one, we got to give the president, the great white hope, four more years. Once we give him four more years, it will happen. Will he put Hillary in jail? Will he lock her up? Well, I certainly think she should be prosecuted for crimes far more serious from, for the stuff they prosecuted me for. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that takes an attorney general uh, with will, with courage. Perhaps instead of Bill Barr, the president should have appointed former Congressman Bob Barr. Perhaps that would have better, been a better choice. Amazing. And number, uh, the second question, I grew up in Alabama, as you know, on a plantation under the Jim Crow laws. And when I was growing up, the word Negro was a common use word for black people. It wasn't a negative. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read that you call a guy by the name of Morris Kelly, a Negro. Is that true? And if so, that, that is, why that would you? Not, that is not true. And I will produce uh, forensic evidence shortly to demonstrate that this tape, which was which was recorded on a Thursday, but released on a Saturday, um, was basically uh, pasted together. And that inference I can prove scientifically is not me. This is a hit job. Yeah. I mean, anybody who knows that I've opposed the war on drugs for 30 years because it's racist, that I support affirmative action, that I worked with Jack Kemp for the uh, for the uh, uh, establishment of Dr. King's birthday as a holiday, that I opposed stop and frisk in New York City, for which I took a lot of crap from conservatives. My civil rights record, I think, is pretty darn good. I still support affirmative action, for example. Very few conservatives agree with me. I'm even open. Sit down, Jesse. I'm open to the idea of reparations. 
Oh, so, man, no. Yeah, no, I, Roger. I, don't I'm go sorry, down I'm, that road. I'm just a bleeding heart liberal. What can I say? <laughs> uh, the, the point is, of course, that this is a hit job. Yeah. Uh, they're angry because they were not able to incarcerate me and I didn't die in a COVID-infested prison. So this is an invented uh, charge. It's just not true. It's not something I would say. I certainly wouldn't say it on the air. So, um, but I, I, my problem here is that I sent the tape out to a number of, of uh, sound engineers. Uh, and they all came back and told me the same thing, that this was pasted together and that piece was dropped in. We know this because the background noise is completely different than the whole rest of the show. Yeah. I said, great, would you send me a letter saying that? And they said, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get involved. I don't need Black Lives Matter storming my office. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd rather not get, get involved. So finding a firm with the courage to tell the truth has been a bit of a challenge in these times. But I, I specifically deny this. Anybody who knows me knows. Well, even, even if you have said it, it's not a bad word. That's what popular and just that the so-called civil rights leader changed the word to black and all that but it's not a bad word i do want to say as it eight times it is greatest single address at the washington memorial yeah the united negro college fund is still in operation but when you say those things people say ah you see he said it so i'm not even going to offer that as a defense that's right i um i know mo kelly i've had him on this show before and he's spoken at my conference one of my conferences at least i'm surprised that well, I'm not surprised he's a liberal, but I would think that he would clear this up. You know, it would be decent enough to clear it up. But liberals are not decent, so who knows? Um, well, he's, enjoying, he's enjoying his 15 minutes, but yeah. you'll never hear of him again. So Yeah. That. Tell the folks how we can help you, Roger. Well, I still have to finance my appeal. I mean, I'm going to fight to clear my name. Uh, you've still got a bunch of uh, leftists trying to reinvent history. Stone, Mueller's out the very first day. Stone was in touch with Russian intelligence. No, I wasn't, and you know it. It's nonsense. But uh, fighting this uh, fight and clearing my name is still very important to me, so folks can go to stonedefensefund.com, stonedefensefund.com. Um, my family and I are still struggling. If you want to help us, just keep groceries on the table and yes. gas in the one car we have left, which is 16 years old. Uh, you can go to stonefamilyfund.com. Well, God, any help, any prayers, any help whatsoever is deeply appreciated. 65,000 brave Americans have stepped forward to help me. I would never have uh, been able to survive in this fight without the support and prayers of so many. Well, I'm going to make sure that I personally helped you as well. I, I know you, man. You deserve it. Help from the American people. You've given a lot to this country. And now you have a time of need. We need to step in and help you as we need with all men and women who stand up for what is right and attacked by these people. This is amazing. I really have enjoyed talking to you again. I wish you well. I'm glad to see how strong you are in going through all this stuff you're dealing with. And I wish your wife well as well. Thank you, Jesse Lee. God bless you. God bless you, man. And let us know whatever we can do to help. Let me know. Thank you. All right. Thank you now. Amazing. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to take some calls. We have another hour to go. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. <laughs> 